1: Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Retchna Frukbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Hi, Rachel. Hey! It is the season finales, baby! Oh, man. How are you with endings? Oh, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm bad with, like, goodbyes. Even goodbyes for now. Because this podcast has been such a bomb for me during this turbulent, wild year.
2: Can you believe that we have been doing a podcast during one of the worst years of (laughs) either of our lives?
1: Yeah, it is one of those things where I was like, somebody was looking out and was like, I'm going to give you this thing. You get to do this crazy year. Hell yeah. That will give you like a sense of steadiness and like a home.
2: I don't know about you guys, but there's still some moments where I'll be in the grocery store and, you know, now we're used to wearing masks and we're used to like what's going on in the world. But there are moments where I'm realizing that I'm wearing a fucking mask on my face and I'm looking around at everybody else wearing a mask on their face. And there's it's just this moment where I'm like, holy shit, this year is actually insane we've got coronavirus we had the black lives matter movement and protests all summer long we had the election the election i literally pushed that out of my brain i i know. didn't, didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> push that out of my brain i knew
1: there was something i get it no if somebody had like shown me a picture of like yesterday me and uh, my ex-husband and his new girlfriend took the kids to see Christmas lights, and it's like you sit in the car and you put the windows down and you wear masks. and it's like awesome. Wow. And we took a picture of the five of us all masked up, and we were like, if someone had sent me this picture a year ago today, I would have been like, ah, yes, we were all <laughs> placed in an insane asylum. Like, <laughs> I, kind of, I could not have in any world imagined how we got there. Something you know? happened. Something strange But happened. here we are just figuring it out and finding creative ways to you know, live in a pandemic.
2: Yeah, we did do that. And I just want to say, partner, this year has been so fun getting to know each other on this
1: over Zoom, Uh, like so many people
2: have been doing in podcast form.
1: (laughs) I have loved so much that once a week I got to escape into and at other times reflect on everything that's going on through the lens of this weird, funny, awesome podcast that I've loved doing. So yeah. It's been very good.
2: Also, you know, two women talking sports made Spotify's best new podcasts of 2020. We hadn't talked about that yet. That's worth it. That's worth a little mention.
1: That's pretty. It was exciting. I didn't know till you sent it to me.
2: I didn't know until somebody sent it to me. One of my one of my old producers sent it to me and they're like, "Yeah, this is so sick. I listen to it every week." And I was just like, "Holy shit." This is amazing.
1: It was pretty cool. Well, I'm so glad you bring that up because something that is very meaningful to me about our podcast is that it combines those very two cool things, which is women and sports. Love it. And that has to do with our story today.
2: I have no idea. I don't think I even... Usually I have a little bit of a tidbit going in, but I, I can't... I'm so happy that you're taking the reins here.
1: It's a little bit of a holiday gift. You know? Oh, okay. So look, we're two women who talk about sports. We also try to give voice to all sorts of different sports, not just the big ones. Another thing mm-hmm. I love about our podcast. And we add a personal touch when it makes sense because we're not sports robots. We're sports people, you know? No, I, I love learning weird
2: little things yes. about little Reshna who is like obsessed with tennis.
1: And little Rachel whose friend thought she was a horse. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Shelby. Must we forget. Never, <laughs> never forget. So today... To cap off a great season of Hall of Shame, I want to combine all those things into a story about a lesser-known sport played primarily by females in the United States that's near and dear to my heart, field hockey. Oh! Before we get to the story, which I'm so excited to tell you, a quick break. Hall of Shame is brought to you by
2: Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. The Christmas season is officially upon us. And while there is a lot about the holidays that feels way different this year, I know one thing that might make them just a little bit brighter. Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out on December 25th, and you'll have two ways to experience the epic adventure in theaters and streaming exclusively on HBO Max. Believe in Wonder again with Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. Wonder Woman 1984 is rated PG-13 and sure to be a wonderful way to celebrate the holiday season with the ones you love.
1: Hall of Shame is brought to you by Bev. Bev is a female-first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. In an industry that is almost exclusively masculine, I mean, what isn't? Bev is breaking norms and creating something from the female perspective that is approachable, fun, and consumer-centric. I love to see it. They have three varietals, rosé, Sauve Blanc, and Pinot Gris, as well as limited-edition, extra-fizzy sparkling white wine for the holidays. So good. I am a rosé lady, mostly because I love the pink can, but really, they're all so good. They're delicious, and they're easy, and you don't have to worry about what am I going to do, because you can just open one, and you don't have to finish the whole bottle because you don't want it to go bad. Their wines are dry, crisp, and a little fizzy, super refreshing and delicious. They have zero sugar and only three carbs and 100 calories per serving. The cans may look cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, Perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. A 24-pack is equal to eight bottles of wine. Their four-packs are the perfect and cutest holiday gift for everyone on your list. Bev ships straight to your door, and shipping is always free. We've worked out an exclusive deal for Hall of Shame podcast listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash shame or use code shame at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash shame. We have a new sponsor that we are really excited about. Lord Jones, makers of the world's finest CBD products. CBD is all the rage these days, but pioneering brand Lord Jones is considered the gold standard. For years, they've been changing people's lives with their premium CBD products. Laura Jones has long been a favorite among celebrities worldwide, showing up in the Instagram feeds of Hollywood's biggest names. And now they are inviting you to experience the finest CBD products available. From world-class skincare to tinctures to decadent gumdrop confections, if you're curious about what CBD can do for you, trust me, you want to start with the best. Laura Jones is crafted with the highest quality ingredients and premium hemp-derived CBD that's lab-tested for purity, strength, and consistency. Lord Jones also makes the perfect gift. Go to lordjones.com/shame to get 25% off your first order. lordjones.com/shame 25% off your first order. lordjones.com/shame
2: Okay, I've heard about this this love affair that Rechna has with field hockey, and I think I've seen a picture. <laughs> but I hope we get many inside stories today. How you fell in love with it? Oh, what man. your first tryout was? Like, <laughs> give me the goods. Give me the injuries in field hockey. Can I just ask? Can you explain what field ho- like? Oh are my you gosh. Get there?
1: Do I know you? Because this is the exact first thing
2: on the docket.
1: Super quick Great. tutorial on field hockey since a lot of people including yourself don't know it very well and are often like is that the same as lacrosse and I'm like no friend it is not. Literally was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different sport. So, field hockey is somewhere between ice hockey and soccer. What? Yeah. So like the hockey of your people? Oh. We use a stick to move a plastic <laughs> ball that's about the size of a baseball but similar in weight to a hockey puck, down a field to score in a net. Unlike an ice hockey stick that's more like an L shape where you can hit with either side of the stick, Uh the field hockey stick is more like a J and it's flat on one side and rounded on the other. It's like a hook, Yeah, It's like a hook. So an interesting note is that if you're left-handed, like your girl, you essentially have to learn how to play right-handed because you can only play it in one direction. As a result, I now do other things like golf right-handed. Oh, you're like ambidextrous now. A little bit. Wow.
2: Did you ever used to like hook girls' jerseys like with the hook and be like, come here, motherfucker? No. Ever do that?
1: No. Okay. (laughs) 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 We do wear mouth guards. Because it can get violent. Love it. So it's not nothing. People do get jade in the head with that stick.
2: Jade in the head.
1: <laughs> Is that what people call it? You get jade in the head because it's a jade? Is that wrong? Did I just make that up? Cause No. I think that people know? should adopt that. Is there tackling? There's not tackling, but the ball's pretty hard. And because you like knock this. It's like ice hockey where like you just, you know. I've been knocked in the head a couple of times. Okay. So you wear a mouth guard and a little tidbit about high school retchna. I wrote "Gur" on my mouth guard in Sharpie, <laughs> like a weirdo. Oh, uh. my God. <laughs> anyway. How is Because you're
2: very petite. Like, how small were you in high school?
1: I feel like I wasn't that much smaller, you know? But you're like, how tall are you? I'm 5'3". Like five. Five, I'm little. Oh, I'm a little, little lady. lady.
2: Little baby lady.
1: Yeah. I'm like a petite lady. Okay, but you wore a Gurr mouth guard. Like, you
2: love to see it.
1: (laughs) Field hockey is, I will say, a sport that you can be smaller in, and and it doesn't really impact you. Right, okay. In that way, field hockey is like soccer, and it's also played on a field or on turf. Mm -hmm. And the field size and the positions and the number of players on the field is really similar to soccer. So that's kind of like field hockey. Okay. But we wear a kilt, adorable little cuties yeah wow is there
2: like a score like is it a scored situation you just like wear like tights underneath that it? yeah it's just
1: like soccer you score goals wow one one goal is just like one point yes okay yeah i love these questions how many people are on the field so it's just like soccer where there's 10 plus a goalie wow
2: okay it
1: really the the sort of lineup and the way it looks looks like soccer and the mechanics look more like ice hockey.
2: I totally thought it was like hockey and rugby. Like I thought it was very rough. Like people just It is rough. I guess I'm thinking of like Regina George in Mean Girls. Like she looked like she was playing field hockey and she was just like cranking girls in the face at the end of her stick. Do you remember? Yeah.
1: That people are like that. People can be intense. I was more of a graceful player. Says the girl with the gurr mouth part. <laughs> I played center mid or center back was my position. Okay, cool. Which is like midfield slash defense. Anyway, field hockey. Cool. I never knew that. Just a primer on the sport I played most over the course of my life. Yeah, girl. On to our story. Yeah. Which actually happened fairly recently in the early autumn of just last year in the before times. Whoa. Not that long ago, and yet a time long before we could have imagined face masks the politicization of face masks, an attempted political coup, and just the general solidified knowledge that we live in a potentially failed state. Yeah. So, like, just to put you back <laughs> to September 7th, 2019. A time when we could still scream in the stands and share beer without fear of getting a plague. Remember then?
2: Those were, those were some good times. We're going to
1: be back there, guys. Hang on. You know? Hang in and hang on. So basically... On September 7, 2019, we're at Kent State University in Ohio, where they are hosting a field hockey game between the University of Maine and Temple University. So, Maine and Temple are locked in a classic field hockey 0 0 tie at the end of the first (laughs) overtime. So, field hockey is super fun to play and can be fun to watch, but if scoring is your thing, this is not your spot. Oh,
2: okay. (laughs) It's
1: soccer esque, you know? Yeah, okay. Main and Temple are hyped up for their second OT. Second OTs are so fun. You're so tired, but so amped up. It's It's thrilling. It's
2: still nothing, nothing. It's still
1: nothing, nothing, but you're going in. Lord. You're locked in a defensive battle, you know? I hate defense. I like offense. Okay. That's so classic, because I'm a defender. You're an offense. That, like, to me, encapsulates who we are. I think it's perfect. Isn't that perfect? Yeah, we're a team. Before the second OT can start, the game is cut short by a Kent State official who orders both squads off the field to accommodate a pre-game fireworks display for the Kent State Golden Flashes football team. A what? Who? That's it. The what? Kent State's the Golden Flashes. Pourquoi? So for context, the main Temple field hockey game wasn't even happening on the same field as the Kent State football game. I'm going to erupt into flames. I know. I don't know where to pause for your eruptions because I know. So the field hockey field was just next to the football stadium, (sighs) which is aptly named Dick Stadium. You know what I mean? Of course. Fitting. (sighs) Kent State football basically just felt the field hockey game on the adjacent field was a hindrance to setting up the fireworks. Again, what? Is this high school or college? College, my girl. It doesn't, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't matter, but I just want to contextualize. This is Division I field hockey. (sighs) So to add to the insanity, the game was later classified as a scrimmage instead of a full-blown game that would count towards your final record.
2: Oh, and they went into double OT. These guys are
1: dicks. I cannot. As you can imagine, players and coaches from both teams were incensed. (laughs) They rioted. Tell me they rioted. They were. Five cent beer night riot. They don't do that because ladies are classy. I don't know. I wish they did. Let me tell you what a few people said. So Temple's coach said, the fact that it happened to a woman's sports team essentially puts us back a little bit. I think it's very unfortunate the decision making process wasn't thought out more. I know we're not a big revenue sport, but to make young women feel like what they did for 70 minutes doesn't really matter. What are we telling young female athletes about what it means to be an athlete? Correct,
2: absolutely. She also
1: said both teams appealed to do everything they could to try to finish the game. They even lobbied for doing a shootout instead of the second OT or shortening the second OT. And they, and they still said no. Let them. Oh my God! Let me
2: accommodate you with one of the most exciting things that could happen in sports, and we'll be done in ten minutes. And you're still saying no. Let's. We actually need the fireworks.
1: Here's another little tidbit. So Temple was a smaller team, and Kent State was a ranked opponent. So they had a chance to beat a ranked opponent in this game, which was then called scrimmage.
2: And they had held them off this entire time. I'm going to punch a hole into this
1: wall. I know. The main coach said, quote, it brought up a lot of emotions. Yeah, it did. Bringing up emotions right here. Yeah. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Correct. She said, first and foremost, that's offensive and upsetting to think that because of your gender, your sport is looked as less. We work as hard as any men's team. We work extremely hard at a Division I level. Ooh, bitch. Ooh. The University of Maine Field Hockey Twitter account (laughs) addressed it, as did their star player. Here's another detail, Rachel. One of their star players, a senior forward named Riley Field, showed a video of the fireworks display, which, my girl, took place at noon. More than an hour after the first <laughs> overtime ended. Just a side note, fireworks at noon? That is the most Ohio thing I've heard in a minute.
2: <laughs> and I've got to think it's a it's a
1: college fireworks display. I'm sure it sucked. It's janky. In a statement, the National Field Hockey Coaches Association <laughs> called the incident unacceptable and extremely damaging. They said, this felt like they were, like, going at them in a passive-aggressive way, which I love to see. I'm just picturing this fireworks
2: display. What are those things called that you – they're like little rocks. Poppers. And you throw them on the ground the poppers. and they snap. <laughs> just picture a bunch of guys going out on the field throwing Just poppers throwing poppers, poppers
1: and it's like <laughs> – <laughs> Well, I feel like the uh, National Field Hockey Coach Association was kind of, like, saying the same thing in this. This feels, like, uh, a, a little bit petty and I love it. They were like, they said, quote, while we understand that the fireworks were deemed to be an important part of Kent State University's family weekend at festivities, <laughs> it's like it's so late. At least nice your little
2: family can enjoy the fireworks. Yeah.
1: We cannot understand why the university would seemingly prioritize a daytime fireworks display. <laughs> Over the competition of a Division I women's field hockey contest, the optics and the messaging to every field hockey program and to every field hockey player are that while they matter, they don't matter more than pre-game football festivities. Fucking poppers. Insane! You know the guy that was just
2: like, yeah, go ahead, kick him off the field. He's the same guy that's just like, I could I could probably kick all these girls' ass in the WNBA. Like, I could totally get out Ugh, there on the field yeah. and just, like, score and end this game in, like, five minutes. He's
1: a guy who thinks he could, like, beat Serena Williams at tennis.
2: Totally. He's one of those Ugh. fuckers, and there's too many of those in this world.
1: Kent State reportedly, after the fact, offered to resume the game later that day at 5.30 p.m., Seven hours later, it is like, bitch, I hate these you would sometimes. never ask a men's team to do that. That's insane. I hate these people. Later, <sighs> Kent State Athletic Director Joel Nielsen apologized in a statement. He said the university had, quote, reviewed and altered our procedures to see that no student athletes are faced with this situation in the future. He wrote... Quote, in hindsight, a different decision should have been made to ultimately ensure the game reached its conclusion. We hold ourselves to a very high standard, and in this situation, we failed. I realize that my statement does not undo the negative impact on the student-athletes, coaches, staff, and fans who deserve to see their teams compete in a full contest. But, like, here's the deal. All well and good. Glad you apologize. But, like, I'm tired of this after-the-fact shit. Every single time, like, mm-hmm. look, we all make mistakes sometimes, but it can't be every time. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. you got to do the right thing in the moment, and not only in retrospect. And like, Title IX literally exists for the express purpose of preventing stuff like this from happening. Thoughts?
2: <laughs> My thoughts are: I'm thinking. I, I immediately, as soon as you were starting to say, like, after the fact and being a little bit retroactive, like. I immediately started thinking of – I believe her name is Sarah Fuller, the woman that just came in and uh, was the kicker for Vanderbilt. Like what an incredible display of believing in – fucking equality in sports. It's it's shit like that that this guy needs to pay closer attention to because I'm tired too. I'm tired of hearing about all of these Oh, this makes this makes me so angry for those girls that had to stand there and watch this stupid ass fireworks display. It could have been so easy to be like we don't need fireworks. This is not even if it was a championship <laughs> game,
1: we don't need fireworks to take over a different field. Hey guys, uh fireworks at noon don't work. <laughs> let's maybe not do them. I'm, I'm embarrassed it's, for this no, school. No, it's so... I'm embarrassed. It's infuriating. It's embarrassing. This was only a year ago. We have so far to go. Title IX can only do so much. I'm going to say this. We're going to talk more about Title IX after we take a break. I'm excited.
2: Hall of Shame is brought to you by Blinkist. Let me tell you guys about the most useful app on my phone. It is hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. Your girl is a working woman. Okay, she's busy. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Let me explain it. It is very easy. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. I feel like successful people like business leaders and, you know, really incredibly smart people like me are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like all of us who want to get the main points of a book quickly. So you can start using that information right away, like a dinner party over a Zoom. I don't know if you like text some smart information to somebody to blow their minds. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers list as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. Like I said, I love Blinkist because I want to be able to know smart things and impress people with my knowledge. And I don't always get to because I don't have the time to read a book. I have to do podcasts. I host a television show. I am a writer of things. And reading a full book is just not on the sketch. Here are a couple of books I highly recommend you guys check out. The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. 15 Secret Successful People Know About Time Management by Kevin Cruz. There are so many books that you guys can get on Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash shame, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash shame to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash shame. Hall of Shame is brought to you by the Just Women's Sports Podcast. Women's sports are taking off you truly love to see it. And if you'd love to hear it, the just women's sports podcast was made for you host Kelly O'Hara, who I love known for big tackles, world cup titles, and Olympic gold medals sits down each week with the biggest names in women's sports to talk about the untold stories behind their success. These are candid peer to peer conversations on everything from post Olympic celebrations to fighting for social justice, overcoming injuries and balancing motherhood with championship ambitions. That all sounds incredible. So kick off your cleats and join Kelly each Tuesday for the Just Women Sports podcast. Can't wait to get started. Follow the team on social at Just Women's Sports and subscribe to their newsletter for the latest highlights, stories, and analysis. Straight to your phone.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day.
1: are collectively boiling. Bloods are a-boiling. Let me tell you a little bit about Title IX, just Mm -hmm. so to educate ourselves and our listeners. So Title IX is a federal civil rights law that was established in 1972, which states that, quote, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to, discrimination under any educational program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Basically, it was created to provide everyone with equal access to any program or activity that receives federal financial assistance, including sports. This means that federally funded institutions, a.k.a. big state universities, are legally required to provide women and men with equitable sports opportunities. Essentially... Or else what? Yes. Yeah. In more non-legal terms when it comes to college sports, Title IX is saying just because football is a bigger revenue producer at your publicly funded school doesn't mean football players should, for instance, get their uniforms cleaned in a 24-karat gold washer designed by Elon Musk while, say, your field hockey team is washing their unis by hand and rocks in the river. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) Do you like my
2: <laughs> I absolutely love that image that you just <laughs> painted. I just wanted for us. to paint
1: a picture, you know? <laughs> the rocks. Merry Christmas. Can I ask you and maybe I'm jumping the gun here and you're already
2: going to get to it. What like they should have been fined for this be- based off of title 9. Correct.
1: Yes. Well, let's talk about this. The penalty for non-compliance with title 9 is the withdrawal of federal funds, but usually they don't actually penalize anyone.
2: So what's the point of having that? It's been in it's been there since 1972. What is the what is the point of having it if you're not gonna actually
1: Right. Well, that's the question. So let me give it its due. Title IX has had its positive impacts. A study showed that before Title IX, one in 27 girls played sports, and today that number is two in five. And women's sports foundation president Donna de Verona praised the efforts of Title IX on women's sports. She said, quote, Since 1972, thanks to increased funding and institutional opportunities, there has been a 545% increase in the percentage of women playing college sports and a 990% increase in the percentage of women playing high school sports. So, like, wow, that's cool. Now, is some of that just society shifting as a whole?
2: I was going to say we're, like, just becoming more progressive as a world, not because of Title
1: IX. Yeah. Look, something like Title IX... Is an important thing that exists because, yes, as we see agreed. in the Kent State example, and just kind of generally in this country this year, let's be honest, we can't count on people to do the right thing without mandates and consequences. And even then, you can't really count on it, right? That's just the truth of it. I think that in that moment,
2: how you were saying, like, you know, he was l- reflecting and he decided it was a poor choice. I think that whoever runs Title IX and like whatever committee of people work on that should have taken that and used it as an example. Like, okay, we can make an example out of these people. I'm not saying like strip them of all their funding, but be like, hey, there's going to be consequences to this. Like that is why these rules are put in place because now you put those rules in place and then these jack offs went and did what they did and there were no consequences. So guess what? Moving forward, it's like, they're not going to get us in trouble. So let's just do what we need. Let's set off fireworks whenever we need to set off fireworks. Isn't
1: that what's going on in our federal government right now? It's like, I mean, you'll keep breaking the law and there will be no consequences. So why wouldn't you just keep being crazy? Totally. That's Trump as a his entire presidency. Correct. And like the truth is to what we're all saying, the enforcement of Title IX is kind of bullshit. Total bullshit.
2: It sounds like
1: most estimates are that 80 to 90 percent of all educational institutions are not in compliance with Title IX as it applies to athletics. And yet no one's federal funds have been withdrawn. To your point, of course, you already probably knew that because you would have guessed that the consequences are theoretical. And to me, that's like basic parenting. Like if you're like, hey, man, don't do that. Hey, man, don't do that. And you keep saying don't do that. But there's not a consequences to doing it. They'll just keep doing it. <laughs> and guess what? They're going to lose respect over you because you're not gonna, you're not doing anything about it. They, they they're realizing they can walk all over you. Not only that, but typically Athletic departments at these schools have refused to tighten the belt on these big men's sports like football and instead have cut non-revenue producing men's sports, blaming it on Title IX. I cannot.
2: I feel like I've learned so many parenting lessons through this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things where if you're just like, look, man, we're not going to like climb that shelf. And if you do, we're going to have this consequence. And then you do that consequence one time, then they're like, oh. I'm going to think twice before doing that again.
2: Not that these girls should have done anything because they were put in a shitty ass position, but I wish that they kind of formed some kind of like, hey, we're going to stand up and say like things need to change. Like, yes, we are progressing and moving forward, but look at this example. Let's change Title IX. Like that could have – I had never heard of this story before. Obviously, it was overshadowed by a lot of shitty things that happened after that in (laughs) 2019. Who could have known? But I feel like that could have been a real movement – a moment for change. Not that they had to do anything because that was not th- th- none of that was their fault whatsoever.
1: It just comes to show you again, it's always on the onus of people being oppressed, marginalized, whatever to do the work. Cuz of course the people benefiting like it's not like a D1 football team is going to be like, "Hmm, like I don't love that. I'm going to protest in, on behalf of these women's field hockey players." Right. They're never going to do that. You're so right. And they probably have this mentality. It's like They've been
2: told for so long, oh, well, we're just field hockey and like football's obviously more important. And like, oh, we're just women. And, like, the men are obviously more important. Like, they probably have this fucked up mentality that every woman in history has. Yes.
1: We have all internalized the messaging of misogyny. Totally. All of us.
2: And then when this something like this happens, it's like reaffirming what you already know. Like, okay, yes, I have been told my whole life that women are men are superior to women, and this is just the way that things
1: are. Look, man, the discrepancy is nuts. And it isn't just through the experiences of female student athletes. Here's a very clear example of it involving two white men. So Gino Oriyama is the head coach of the Juggernaut University of Connecticut Huskies women's basketball team. They are amazing. He has won nine national titles in his career with them wow. and is considered one of the best coaches of all time in basketball, period. He yeah. makes a little over $2 million a season as the head coach. Like, th- one of the most winning head coaches in the history of NCAA basketball, okay? Cool. On the men's side, Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski, who's had similar success, makes yes. almost five times as much at $10 million a year. Tell me what the difference is. Tell me what the difference is because i bet you just as many people purchase yukon women's huskies basketball gear as they purchase yukon men's huskies if not more cuz the women the women's team is so good
2: i'm sure i'm sure you're going to get to it but like the us women's national team as well like they went to countless world cups megan rapino's jersey had to be one of the most sought after purchased jerseys in all of last year across the board last year the year before correct
1: they are far more successful than the men's team by a factor of a 1,000. Men's team missed out on World Cup. And far more well-known. I don't know a single name of a single person on the men's national soccer team. I definitely know, like, half of the women's national team. I think that that's a lot of America right now. Yeah. They definitely
2: know a bunch of players on the U.S. women's national team and maybe, like, Christian Pulisic. There's
1: no way the women's national team is not more profitable In terms of sales and revenue right now, than the men's team, and yet (laughs) they still make a fraction of what their male counterparts make. (sighs) We're tired, y'all. I can't imagine
2: how these women feel, especially because like the U.S. women's national team were fighting for the equality. Um, You know, they like went took it to court to fight U.S. soccer over how they are being treated, from like planes to hotels to how much they were making per year.
1: I. And I can't imagine on your side, on the sports reporting side, there's not similar discrepancies. I'm going to guess. Yeah, you're going to guess correctly. It's tough. (laughs) Do you know when you were like, I'm tired? In my script, in my outline, I literally have the word SIGH in all caps. We like know each other so well.
2: (laughs) Should we just title this episode, We're Tired?
1: (laughs) I know. I just felt like it was a great place to close out our season because... Our podcast, you know, it's just inherent in it to women talking about sports.
2: I feel like there are so many moments where there are people who probably feel so small, like those girls on either field hockey team. Mm -hmm. When those guys were wheeling out fireworks, they probably felt like this big. Correct. And they didn't realize in that moment that they had so much power to turn that into something. And I just feel like there are so many opportunities like that we go through every single day that, you know, if we just like it's going to sound so cheesy. But if we just take like a breath and say, like, this isn't right and we no longer have to let this be right and we just stand up and say, like, hey, fuck you, your f- stupid ass poppers off my field. We're finishing this game. Then maybe we can take more steps in the right direction, not putting not putting any. That, none of those girls had to do any of those things. I'm yeah. just saying as, us as women collectively, if we just
1: yeah. push
2: forward with that mentality, then like we can change things for other women behind us.
1: I think this is a year that we've really started seeing that collective effort can make yeah. such a difference and collective yes. grassroots effort. And yeah. on that, Rachel, let's end this on a positive note, shall we? Okay. So this year, Kim Ng was recently named the first female GM in Major League Baseball, an Asian woman. Yes! And as you mentioned earlier, Sarah Fuller, a place kicker, was the first woman to play football in a Power 5 game. So cool. So look, there is progress, which we should always take time to appreciate and acknowledge. And as ever, there is still so much work to do. But I just want to tell you, It has been such a huge fucking honor to spend this year talking sports with you, Rachel, a fellow woman, a Browns fan, and a lover of alcoholic beverages. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't have thought of a better story to wrap up this season with you with. That was like terrible grammar. No, but it made sense. Than us talking about what it is to be women in sports and... I adore you. I feel like
2: we've – I adore the shit out of you. I feel like we've gotten so many messages from – I've said this before. This is the first thing that I've ever done in my career, a woman who has covered mostly sports that like the majority of people who have reached out to me telling me how much they love this, telling me how much like this brightens up their Monday, the fact that it's like mostly women, I cannot tell you the joy that that brings me. All of the like we just heard Chris Collingsworth last weekend be like, oh, I was talking to a bunch of women th- women this weekend, and I was so surprised of how much football they know. I Fuck mean that. We all know tough. a lot of sports. <laughs> there are so many women that love sports. We are here. No we have sports. this fucking podcast. So shut your mouths. Take your fucking fireworks <laughs> off of our
1: field. Take your poppers off our field hockey field. And see you fucking later. That's it. That felt good good
2: I love you Retch. Now this podcast has been so much fun to do this year I love you thank you guys for listening holy shit thank you guys
1: so much have such a great and safe holiday season find some new traditions that you carry even into the aftertimes when we don't have to be in a plague mm-hmm. and maybe one day we can all play field hockey together <laughs> I would love that yeah right I'm
2: not fucking coming near you with your grr mouth guard <laughs> watch out you're to J me up. <laughs> and guys, we've got some really exciting things going on. You can follow me at Rachel Bonetta. Rachna, no, what's your, what's your ish? It's at Ms. M-S-F-R-U-C-H. And we will definitely keep you updated on everything and be excited and share in the joy with all of you guys. Yes. And we'll see you on the other side. Have good holidays. Toodles. Bye. Hall of Shame is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer
1: and me, Rachel Bonetta. And me, Retina Frifbomb. Editing and sound design by Kyle Seglin. Brian Semmel is our associate producer. And Allison Falzetta is our development producer. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rap for
2: production support every week.